I had the flu, and, and as a lot of people know, when you have the flu, you become a bit delirious at times. And I was, I, I'd, I'd gone to bed, and I'd had a dream. And the dream I had, and it was a very... I still remember it really well to this day. And I seemed to be lolling in and out of sleep whilst I had the dream. And in the dream, I was in the army and I was injured, quite badly injured. No, I wasn't very well. And I was in a field hospital. And in the field hospital, the two nurses <laughs> that, um, that helped me to, to, to back to good health were two people that I was friends with on Facebook. There's a guy called, guy called Stu Baxter and a guy called Daniel Barfoot. Now, when I woke up, then I was thinking about this dream, and I thought, and I, I, when I, as, the more I thought about this dream, I was just delirious, and I was literally crying with laughter, thinking this is hilarious. <laughs> and I went straight on Facebook, and I tagged them in a post, saying, saying, um, uh, you know, I'm, I've got flu, I feel awful, I'm having terrible dreams, but thank you to Stu Baxter and Daniel Barfoot. And I, I tagged them in it for nursing me back to health. You're my heroes or something. And uh, so it was slightly homoerotic, the actual um, post as well, it, where, where I, I told everyone that I was dreaming about these two guys uh, nursing me back to health. What makes it even worse is Stu Baxter is someone that I've occasionally done bits of work with never seen outside of work and uh, just connect we've just connected on Facebook because that's kind of what you do with people that you meet <laughs> Daniel Barfoot was my friend's best man at his wedding <laughs> now the wedding hadn't even taken place and neither had the stag do so the only reason I was friends with Daniel Barfoot <laughs> was so that he could arrange the stag do I'd never actually met this guy and yet I was tagging him in, in this Facebook post um, about how much I appreciated him being my nurse in shining armour. Bear in mind as well, Daniel Barfoot's a kickbox instructor as well, so he's a big fella. <laughs> so there we go, yeah. Oh, did he look after you on the stag do? Because I deleted it, it turns out he hadn't seen it. Uh -huh. So at the stag do, once I was drunk and I was chatting to him, I was like, Ashley, funny story about you, Dan. And I, I told him the story. And it, it, he found it funny, but I think he was also slightly disturbed by it. God, wait till he listens to this podcast. Three, two, one. And welcome to episode seven of the D Bad Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm John Gilbert, and you've just and been I... listening to Ian Thompson. <laughs> I didn't realise that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so we just had an insight into your experiences with the flu, which was something we recorded a couple of weeks ago yeah. as a bonus piece of content. We weren't quite sure where to put it, but it actually serves very well as an opening for this show. Exactly. I think we recorded it not long after the online one, didn't we? Where we were talking about people posting stuff online when they really shouldn't. And it was a nice example of the two things. Of me being me being a little cuddly dickhead while yeah. I was ill. I don't think that was a dickhead. I think that was that was a nice story. That I, I, <laughs> it, it, it abused me and I'm glad we've opened with it. I mean, in general, what kind of ill person are you, Ian? I don't know. I mean, so I was thinking about this. In the prep for this show, I was making a few notes about the kind of things that annoy me. And then I thought, like, I think I actually fit a few of these. One of the things I noted down was people going like, 
oh, regularly. And I think I do that. <laughs> like turn into a five-year-old <laughs> when, I, when I'm ill. So, yeah. Do you do it when you're on your own or just around other people? So I'm just trying to think what the motivation for the... Uh, I don't know. I think I do both, you know, to be honest. Because I'm quite used to living on my own because I have done for many, many years. And so I think I also try and glean some attention from myself as well. Oh, I see I'm saying oh, but then I'm about to contradict that because one of the things that really winds me up about ill people is when they walk into any situation and they go, and even worse if they go, oh dear. And it's like your opening gambit was, oh dear. As the, what I'm doing is I'm bringing a wave of negativity into this right now. Now, I don't expect a person who's genuinely ill to just come in and go, ta-da, or anything like that. But it's really sets the agenda for what's to follow. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. I think I once asked somebody to come back out and to go out and come back in and start again. Brilliant. Because they, they opened up with, oh dear. But it wasn't an oh dear kind of situation. It should have been a positive situation. And it was we'd been working really hard. And that person arrived late and said, oh dear. Oh dear. Was opening, which therefore, like, it was like they'd erased history of anything that preceded that point. Instead of like BC and AD, it was just like we had, there was no B oh dear. Pre oh dear and post oh dear. Pod. Nice. Yeah. So, I've, but then again, this links into one of my dickheadery behaviours around illness. And you ready for this? Because it's yeah. going to wind people up. I don't get ill, but I love to mention it, as I've just done there. I've never had a day off sick in my life. Well, so, so right. So I, I see. I think I've never had to ring in and say to someone, "I'm not coming in because I'm too ill." I've never, like, like I've done quite a bit of, like, performance stuff in my lifetime as well, like doing comedy or plays or, or singing or whatever, and I've never sort of cancelled anything or not, not done something because I've been ill. I have been ill, it's just I rarely take days off for it. Now, I do take days off if I'm ill, but it tends to be, like, I'll, like, ring you guys or something at that occasion and say, like, yeah, not feeling great today, so I'm just going to stay at home and I'll do some little bits of work from there. I'll do that if I don't have anything really pressing coming up. If I've got stuff that needs doing, I'll still come in. So I'm not saying I've never taken a sick day. I have taken sick days, but I've only ever taken sick days when I've been working for myself and know, yeah, I can afford to do less today. Yeah, but you and I have been self-employed for 17 years Yeah, each. So I think you can make that kind of judgment. And also, it means that if you are too ill to work, you don't earn. Mm. So I don't know if that necessarily stacks up scientifically, that self-employed people have advanced immune systems. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of examples where that's not the case. But what you're describing is quite sensible. It's like, I'm, look, I can come in, but I'm ill. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work from home yeah. and do what I can. That's just sensible. Yeah, so as I said a lie, I definitely did have time off where I just didn't work when I had my pacemaker put in. <laughs> so because, <laughs> because, because for a lot of that, I was incapacitated in hospital. Um, but you mean as, you weren't working on the operating <laughs> but as, you lazy man. Aside from that, then, I mean, things like, you know, like general illnesses... I mean, we are in the middle of COVID-19 here, so I don't want to belittle illnesses at all. Um, no. um, but, you know, general sort of illnesses, 
then I tend not to take time. So are you saying that you don't get ill or are you saying that you don't take time off when you are mildly ill? I don't really get ill. I'm just really lucky. I used to have asthma. Um, and as a child, I was quite poorly and had quite a bit of time off school. Um, I used to get a fever and I would hallucinate and um, it was it was awful. It's awful. But Would you ever tag I... people in on Facebook? into hilarious posts when you hallucinate <laughs> Well, this was before the days of social media. Okay. I, have, I have a lasting memory of my mum taking me to work with her because I was too poorly to be left on my own, but she had to do the, the work. And they put me in this room on my own because they were doing some f- fire safety training. And I was just sitting there shivering whilst in the other room I could hear a video of people burning to death and throwing themselves from buildings, which wasn't deemed as impro- appropriate to watch as a small child. And it, they're right, it wasn't appropriate for me to watch it, but it was probably also inappropriate to put me in a room on my own to listen to the shrieks and the screams, just imagining what it, what it was. I must have been about six or seven, but that's like a, a lasting childhood memory. That's brilliant. Um, so I took to drastic measures and I smoked my asthma out, not at six or seven, I hasten to add. Um, and since then, I've been okay. Now, I I was thinking about this myself, about because I've been self-employed and worked from home, yeah, there's been times where I've probably just fallen asleep at my desk because I've been so poorly. So I do get poorly sometimes. The other thing with me is I didn't get chicken pox until I was 26, oh. somehow. And it wasn't until I caught that off my son. Um, and I got really poorly with that. I got a fever again. And when you get, the older you are with chicken pox, the... the worse it is basically my, my face was horrific for for one thing and again I just got these shivers and hallucinating so I suppose I wasn't doing my finest work then it was an incredibly busy year for me as well it was probably my busiest year of my career so to get chicken pox which made me look hideous think hideous and feel hideous all at the same time wasn't great so other than that I've been pretty fortunate with my with my health. Um, I mean, what, but yeah, I'd, I love to tell people that because that's just a form of dickheadery of my part. Yeah, I was going to say, what are we calling the dickheadery here? Is it people who take loads of time off or is it people who say that they don't get ill and they're real chuffed about it? Well, there's, there's lots of different types of dickheadery. There's one of them, and I'm willing to fess up to that, particularly where I've, said, I've, I've pointed out to people who've had a lot of time off sick Oh well, I'm very lucky. I just don't get ill, and it's just like, why am I saying that? What What am I trying to achieve by saying that? Am I trying to make myself feel good? Am I trying to make them feel bad? Or am I just making a social observation? I mean, what a dickhead! Just keep your mouth shut. Or are you trying to make them feel better by with your great health? Because that that is a bit dickheadery, I think. How does that work then? Go. Oh, you're weak, aren't you? <laughs> but remember, there's still strong people like me who are here to keep the economy going. Yeah, I think that would be dickheadery. Yeah, I'm willing to admit to that one. But then I do think that there are... I'm not saying, like, if you get ill, that makes you a dickhead. Right? And some people have to battle illness through their entire lives. and It's it's awful, and I'm not suggesting otherwise. But there are others who, let's be honest, do seem to, at the drop of a hat, use illness as an excuse not to go to work or not to do something or the, not, maybe not just about work like when you've been looking forward to a night out and people say oh I can't come on poorly I've been on loads of nights out poorly mind you I don't really enjoy it but you just got to make the effort yeah you just drink it out just drink, yeah. drink through it 
Um, I've realised the hypocrisies of this. I was quite poorly on New Year, um, and but I did try and drink that out. It worked. That's good. I'm not sure I took the rewards the following day. As a quick public health announcement, drinking through an illness is not advisable. And, and just as a secondary, smoking your asthma away is also not a public health recommended tactic. Okay. so Don't do it, kids. Yeah, we've got those out of the way. I've never been particularly sympathetic with illness, though. So Sally, my wife, um, neither is she. And I think the reason for that is because also she's quite fortunate with her immune system. And it's, it was only until very recently, it was the first time that she was too ill to work. The other time she's been off is when she's had babies. But I don't think that's an illness. No, I, I think, that's I think more... having a baby isn't an illness. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's classed as an illness, is it? Um, but she <laughs> she says that the closest she's ever come to stabbing me, so that which, by the way, implies there's a spectrum of like <laughs> the, the number of times she's wanted to stab me, but the closest she's ever come to stabbing me was when she had the flu. And I said, oh, it's just a cold. Now, I've never had the flu, and um, um, I guess in these times I've got it coming. Um, but yeah, I think I, I really underestimated the uh, the impact of that. But I guess I guess also the the thing is, it's just like we don't really know how bad somebody's feeling. We just got to take the word for it. I know as an employer, I've answered phone calls with the "I can't come into work today" calls. Yeah. But equally, I've had people come into work who were far too ill to be there, and you don't really want them like turning up and spreading their germs around. No. In the previous episode, if anyone listened to it, I uh, told a story about my office, which is basically a small broom cupboard downstairs. It's only about, what would you say it is? Two and a half metres by two and a half metres? Roughly. I mean, I like it because it allows me to not have to wear headphones while I'm editing. And so it's my own little studio room and that's great. And it's perfect for me. But Just it- to jump in there. So this is two consecutive podcast episodes where Ian has brought up how small his office is. It's not been that long ago since I've said you can move into a larger space <laughs> no, if you no. wish. And you, you you said, no, no, I want to stay here. No, and I I'm do- getting very mixed messages. I do I mean, maybe this stay. is something that we shouldn't sort out on the podcast, but <laughs> just know it's noted. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but um, there are other spaces. I do like my office, uh, but I, I was making the point it's a small office. And not so long ago, just before all the COVID-19 stuff, really, what, a colleague came into my office, uh, presumably on their way to the toilet, and said to me, um, do, <laughs> I, do, 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 you know, do I do I, do I feel hot? I, I feel a little bit ill and a little bit fluid. Do I feel hot? And I, I sort of like, I sort of thought to myself, like, why, why have you come into the smallest, least, least aircon, least ventilated office to ask someone that? If you're ill, I don't want you in here. Uh, so yeah, that that ticked me off. Yeah, you'll have to tell me off air who that was. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Yeah, yeah. So we touched on contagion there, and that has never been such a big issue as it is right now during the COVID nineteen pandemic. And I guess that ultimately answers the question of should you go to work if you're a bit poorly or should you still go and see people should you still socialize and I come back on what I was saying earlier on about me going out even when I'm poorly and I went out on new year when I was poorly I shouldn't have done that it's obvious isn't it but I certainly wouldn't do it now if I was going to risk killing people I shouldn't even do it to pass a cold on I can well see like laws changing after this where 
employment law changes and things like that, where if you are ill, you get a mandatory time where you're not mm-hmm. allowed into the office kind of thing. Um, you know, where you don't need a doctor's signal and, and your office has just got to accept it. I mean, because as well, I think a lot of people, a very high percentage of people have realised, oh, I can actually work at home. Schools have been doing it. It's quite often that if, if somebody's sick, you can't go in for 48 hours because yeah. they don't want it spreading. So maybe this makes us all a little bit more aware of what we can pass on. And there isn't a badge of bravery for ploughing on with life, whether that's socialising, going to work or you know, um, just doing things that you normally would do. We should be staying indoors and that could be a lasting legacy of this pandemic. Absolutely, yeah. Since you've mentioned schools, it has actually just, as a final thought, um, reminded me of, of dickhead behaviour and its kids. Um, and it's... it's <laughs> As a final thought? Yeah. It's, it's a big one. It's, it's um, the absolute constant merry-go-round of nits. <laughs> now, your two lads are probably um, old enough now not to really get them anymore. Uh, and they've got you know quite short hair and you know they're they're but at primary school, Lord Christ alive, it's just a constant merry-go-round of like spending an absolute fortune on on knit shampoo. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they're just all like little super spreaders. I love the idea of a merry-go-round of knits. It's like a flea circus. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, which I'm not, exactly. it's not the point you were making but I pictured it rather yeah. than the horses that you're going up and down or up and down horses as you call them um, yeah. rather than that it's it's actually just on the back of a big knit or is it knits riding the little horses tiny little Ooh. tiny little Shetland ponies oh it's just it's just knit ridden horses <laughs> that you're on that uh, would be the easiest way of doing it exactly yeah, yeah. so I, I I'm appealing for uh, Nick kids to be put into the dickhead box. <laughs> I don't think contracting any illness necessarily makes you a dickhead. It makes you a knithead. A knithead, okay then. But that could be a spin off podcast. Yeah. Knitheadery. Wow. I think the knits are the dickheads in this, aren't they? Okay then, yeah. And what are they for? Yeah, but schools then ring up and they're sort of like, oh, they've got knits again. Can you please see to it? It's like, man, I saw to it last weekend and the weekend before as well. Someone <laughs> is spreading knits everywhere. <laughs> wow. Do you remember the um, propaganda that comes with knits in that the clean kids are more likely to get knits than the dirty kids? Yes, I, yes, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I had nits, mm. I was um, I was part of that propaganda. It just means I'm too clean because you have those extreme combs, which um, which actually I kept my knit comb for quite a few years when I used to comb my hair because it was uh, very accurate mm. when you was when I was trying to do my nineties fanny parting. The yeah. knit comb was pretty effective to nice. to make sure I got it right down the middle. Olivia once came home from her friend's house and said, um, "So a friend has nits." And she said, so we might want to check my hair for knits. And we're like, okay, then. And she said, I mean, her mum told me that when she was combing her hair, she saw one of the knits give birth. <laughs> Which I thought was just a really, really funny story. So oh. A really, really nice, cute story from Olivia. <laughs> I hope she killed the baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's, there's, there's not many times where I can make that statement and you would just blase agree with me. But when it comes to nits, we ain't zero tolerance here on the D-Bad podcast. So thank you for listening. Yes. On that weird note, I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. And remember, don't be a dickhead. <laughs>